Blog Talk Radio. Alrighty, we are live. Rock the next stage with Dory Staley is the show. And today we have a real treat for you folks. Normally I provide 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation with one guest, but today we have several, so we might go a little past the 30-minute mark, but stick with us. I assure you that this episode is going to be packed with really interesting information, loads of tips, and much more. We'll be talking about jazz and maintaining staying power. I have with me guitarist Russ Corby, excuse me, and sax man Gino Fazan. And they play jazz, funk, R&B, Latin, and other styles in a band called Jazzadoo. As for me, I own Rock the Next Stage, Next Stage Entertainment, and Next Stage Drumming. It's one-stop shopping for serious musicians. I'm a drum chick myself. I play percussion, and this podcast is a way to give back to help our fellow musicians and music peeps. Now, I'm in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, but today we have Russ and Gino in... Are you in Chapel Hill today, guys? Right on the line. Durham, actually. Right on the line. Durham, Chapel Hill. Okay. Cool. So let me give them, uh, the listeners, a little bit more information about you guys. So sit tight for a second. These guys met in 2011 after meeting at a number of local clubs, and they soon began recording original compositions. They, now, as far as Gino is concerned, he's, he's back there, he's on hold waiting to jump in, but he started playing sax as a teen and later studied with jazz greats Joey DeFrancesco. I hope I'm getting that right. Yeah. Francesco is how I want to say it. Donald Bird as well. Gino also performed yes. with a variety of popular acts from Archie Bell and the Drells to Stacey Ladisaw and others. Russ Corvey was likewise attracted to music at an early age and began playing in clubs well before acquiring his driver's license. <laughs> they probably had to sneak him in. Like most young musicians, rock was his first love, but his interest broadened while studying arranging and composition at Berklee College of Music in Boston. As a leader of the popular smooth jazz act Indigo City, Russ Corby toured nationally and also performed at Switzerland's Montreux Jazz Festival and on Norwegian cruise lines. Very cool, an all-star smooth jazz cruise, along with Kirk Wallum, the Rippingtons, Ken Navarro, and others. So, guys, how are you doing today? Are you there? We are here. We're doing good. Great. We're doing good, well. Good, good, good. Awesome. So, I love your music, by the way. Very, very cool. Jazz, well, as you, you may or may not know. Good. Jazz was actually my first introduction to music. Many people don't know this, but my dad was a jazz musician and he played with many of the jazz greats in New York City back in the day. And that's what I grew up listening to, mostly. And I really developed a song, a strong sense of rhythm probably from that. And he also had a lot of percussion instruments lying around, so I had to definitely experiment with those things. 
So speaking of experimenting, you guys are involved in all sorts of interesting projects. Do you want to tell us about, uh, for example, what are you working on now? You've got something very cool and different with City Beat. Can you explain that a little bit? Thanks, Dory. Uh, yeah, City Beat is uh, the title of our uh, the single, and uh, we have a uh, a cool little video that goes with it. And uh, it's from this uh, new album that's going for a February 1st release. It's called Just Between Us. And um, I forget exactly how City Beat came together. Where, where did we record that in Carborough, Gino? It was Carborough. Yeah. Yeah, and Gino's playing a uh, beautiful tenor in there, and uh, that's that's what City Beat is. Cool. And there's also an artsy component that you added. Um, I was ho- I was hoping you were going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah well, because it's so that. different. I, <laughs> it's a great example, especially for our young listeners, of branding, number one, how to create an extra income stream, and also how to do something really creative so that you stand out. There's a graphic novel, would you call it? Um, yeah, it's kind of a... very uh, cool. The, the, the theme of the video is kind of a homage to, uh, tries to be, uh, to, uh, you know, 1950s uh, style crime comics, you know, crime comic books. And uh, it seemed like the... I always wondered when I was dragging Gino out to different places and here, stand up against this wall and point this way and all that. Uh, <laughs> if uh, if you ever had second thoughts about you know the partnership or not, you know. So, but uh, so so here's what happened. We produced this video that has got a lot of comic imagery and. I got uh, fairly deep in the project, and I said, you know what, we need to just write a comic. So there actually does exist a, uh, a full graphic novel, if you will, that uh, is married to the City Beat video. <laughs> very cool, very cool. I enjoyed it. It's different, you know, and a lot of people want to know about bookings and how to stand out. Well, that would do it. <laughs> I would pay attention to that. <laughs> so, cool, cool. Hey, can- can we ask Gino a question right now? Gino, what yes, is your definitely. most what is your most memorable uh, shot or location from? Or is it all just a blur? The the city beat. Do you I, remember all the places we went? Oh, we went so many places. But I think the closing of the comic book when we were getting into the limo to ride out. <sighs> you forgot that scene. No, I remember that scene, and I, that is a standout. That, yeah. That memo appeared out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was snipped. And it needed to be. It was good direction. Get out. So the the limo at the end, but you didn't rent it, and it appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, we were down shooting these action shots down in downtown Raleigh, and Gina was uh, pretending to be chased by a guy named Snake, who had stolen his friend's beloved saxophone, and the paper is on, you know. And we were down there shooting that stuff, and then, Somehow or another, the friendliest limo driver in the world pulled up. You went over and got him roped in, didn't you, man? How did it go down? Yeah, they were interested in what we were doing. Okay. Yeah. And so there he was, and uh, then he became, uh, you know, part of our story. So. (laughs) There you go. I bet you enjoyed that. So now the two of you uh, have an unusual story of how you met, correct? 
I, I spoke with Russ earlier, and you mentioned uh, an old club, Yancey's, that's no longer in downtown Raleigh. And you went around to a lot of open mic nights. Is that how it started? And then, lo and behold, take it away. Well, I guess I really do have to start this story, but I want to hear Gino's side of it, too. Um, I uh, was living in Washington, D.C. I knew uh, I'd be moving to this area, and I had a reason to be down here. So I asked a friend, where could I go and connect with musicians? And he told me about a thing called Brett's Open Mic, which was at the time being hosted uh, in uh, Yancey's in Raleigh. And so uh, just that weekend I have, or that Wednesday, I happened to be in town. I went in, got up and jammed, and I remember jamming with a, a tenor sax player. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I like to style a lot, but we didn't exchange contact information. So it was only when I got back to Washington, D.C., that I call my friend up and say, listen, if you're going to be at that open mic night again, and there's a sax player that looks like this, and all that, we just snap a photo of him. He did exactly that. He sent it to me. We, we, we connected. And then um, um, I called up Gino, and I booked him for a couple of road gigs that I had coming up. Again, but I never laid eyes on him. So can you finish this story? How did it go? Well, after being contacted by your friend, Brett, he told me that uh, someone wanted to get in touch with me. And here's the number to call this guy. It was legit. So I called, and it happened to be you. And uh, you expressed the fact that you had been in the area. Yeah. We played together, said I might not remember you. And as you talked about it, I said, no, I remember you. And uh, Mm -hmm. so we went on from there. We did the gigs, and voila, here we are. Yeah, but to me, Gino, the best part of the story is when we got down to the club, you hadn't appeared yet, okay? Okay. And so when you walked in, I was standing next to our keyboard player, and I was looking at this photo I had sent from this guy. I said, I don't think that's the guy. Oh. Do you, you remember me telling you that? Yeah. And and Mark was the keyboard player saying, you got to send him home, man. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. never really heard this guy play, you know what I mean? But it all worked out eventually. So that's how we met. What did I, uh, what have I said before? I said that uh, the wrong guy turned out to be the right guy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You never know. And that's how a lot of... Uh, bands and duos and things like that have formed, and again, this has come up in numerous podcasts that I've done so far, it's the process of collaboration, number one, but also getting out there and connecting with people. If you're just doing your own thing and and, and leaving from a, a gig or even an open mic night, you're missing the opportunities. So now I want to ask you guys, I know that in this area, in the Raleigh-Durham area, there's only so many places to play. There's only a, a handful of places that have or feature jazz music. They're really good, but you can't just stay in one area, right? You have to broaden your horizons and branch out. So do you guys tour in other areas as well? We're certainly willing. Um, anyone within the sound of our voice, yes, we're available. Um, we have been working on the album, and our next step is to reach out to, yes, we we can probably get out to some other clubs around. Right now, it's pretty much uh, in the triangle here. So, yeah. All right. So there's, a, there's enough to keep you busy and keep your schedule full and things like that? Well, yeah, there really is. And, you know, you kind of make your own opportunities, too. You know, you can 
often find a club that's not doing music on a Monday or a Tuesday. If you're willing to do it, at least you got a place to play, you know. So. Right. Another thing, though, with jazz, unlike some of the other styles of music, because I work with, with all different genres and things, and, and jazz is, is really cool because you can fit it into so many other things, from special events to private parties to weddings to corporate events and things like that. So a jazz musician really could be kept pretty busy. All right, so you're That's able true. to do this full time. And, and you've been doing this for how many years? Oh, God. <laughs> We're getting our calculator out You don't now. have to tell your age. <laughs> oh, let me see. Decades. Uh, long time. <laughs> yeah, long time. No, I've been, I'm, I'm, I'll bear my soul here. I have been playing guitar for 53 years. Yes, wow. 53. Yeah. In fact, How's that for staying power? <laughs> in fact, my first guitar was actually uh, not an electric guitar. It was a gas-powered guitar. And it was a real problem <laughs> with the pilot light when you're playing fast. You know? <laughs> so anyways, you know. Gino, Gino is dying that I told that joke. He's over here. heard me tell that joke before. Oh, there we go. <laughs> We're probably young people listening going, what? <laughs> what? They had gas-powered guitars? <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, I'm sure someone is Googling it now. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> impossible. <laughs> so now what were your favorite types of gigs to do? Do you have Gina, a favorite? What's your, Gina, what's the favorite stage we played on? Go ahead. I have like playing at the country club. That was pretty good. Oh really? That was pretty fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um there's a fantastic venue in downtown Durham called B U Cafe. B E Y U Cafe. It's on Main Street in Durham. It's just a haven. It is it's the to me the nicest stage in town and uh, the greatest people. I met Jasma at uh uh the uh open mic that goes on there. And now that this uh this open mic has landed at BU on Main Street, so that's that's my favorite uh, stage. We all, you know, you have weird gigs. Uh, Gino, did you know that uh, I I did a guitar duo thing last Monday uh, at the RDU Airport? I actually played at Terminal One of the airport. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. Get out. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun. You know, we had people sitting and, you know. I had a cute incident where a little boy was, uh, Mama was instructing him how to go and, uh, you know, leave a tip. So she had, he had a little dollar in his hand. It was cute, about four years old. And he comes up to us and grabs our dollars and runs back with it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, that's not how it works. <laughs> Tipping is important. Sorry, little man. When you get a guitar... <laughs> You can earn the, the dollars that are in the case. <laughs> well, that's a great my, way my, for travelers to de-stress. Yeah. And it's a, and a very those, interesting place yeah. to play. We we heard those very words, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Well, good. Good. Now, do you have a favorite type of gig to play? Though? Do you prefer clubs or do you like private events? Or do you not have a favorite at all? I personally don't have a favorite on that. I enjoy playing okay. wherever I am. 
Gotcha. Cool. Now, I was wondering if you guys wouldn't mind sharing some tips for younger musicians especially who are trying to make a name for themselves and trying to get out there and be seen and, and get gigs. Any tips that you'd like to throw out there? I, I can tell you now that um, being an independent artist, well, there's never been a better time to be an independent artist simply because of um, the uh, social media opportunities for promotion and amazing technology like this podcast series. And um, I think, Dory, every uh, young musician now has to have some sort of, should have some sort of technical interest too in terms of being able to, you know, get their get their songs out. Record deals don't don't really happen anymore, and I don't even think CDs are long for this world, actually, you know. It's, it's a totally digital world, so that's kind of a piece of general advice. Yeah, you know, there's lots of uh, different ways to get out there and be seen, and in order to, to not get discouraged, I think that everybody just needs to consider the fact that there is no such thing as overnight success. Would you agree? It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of hard work, right? A lot of, uh, you know, pounding the pavement, getting out there, connecting with people, and just keep uh, writing and performing and playing whenever and wherever you can. Cool. I don't know about so you, but I'm always looking. I was just Go saying, ahead. I'm always looking. I'm always looking forward to the next gig. Yeah, that'll that'll never get old. Yeah, yeah. So, I know jazz. You know it also too. Uh, there you go. You know it also is interesting too is when you can collaborate with people that might not be people that you thought um, you'd play with based on style, but some people out there are very very versatile. Number one, and you never know what kind of collaborations and configurations you might wind up with. Have you ever joined up with somebody of a different style to put something together? Or has it always been strictly jazz? No, no, no. Um, anytime there's an opportunity to play with you know, some skilled musician in any genre, something can happen, something very nice can happen. It could be a folk singer that I can have a great time with uh, playing in a kind of a slightly jazzy folk style. Um, Latin bands, traditional Latin bands, I just can't get enough of that. Jazz, funk yeah. bands, you know. So it's 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 a, it's a wide, wide world. I love playing with singers, too, you know. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, because jazz can be expanded and can be woven into so many different genres, like you mentioned so easy to, to switch over to, to funk or Latin or R&B or whatever. So very cool. Now, do you guys have a favorite artist, perhaps, or who was your major influence? Let's start with that one. Well, for me, it was uh, Junior Walker from the start and Mayfield Parker. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I learned about John Coltrane, and, and the world just kept opening up. <clears throat> and I like Rich Elliott. There are quite a few greats that I to listen to and admire. Cool. Cool. How about you, Russ? On guitar, um, 
very happy to say I'm going to see my ultimate hero, which is Pat Matheny, uh, on the 26th of January. He's going to be in town. So it starts from Pat Matheny with me and then works downward, and there's about 100 others. But I love what Mark Antoine's doing in the same space mm-hmm. that we're at, the smooth jazz space. And uh, Peter White is uh, very good. In fact, Jasmine has a strong connection with Peter White, has toured with him and all that. Maybe maybe she'll, she can tell you about that sometime. <laughs> yeah, Peter is great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm probably going to have to have her on a separate show. <laughs> Keep that in mind, Jasmine, okay? <laughs> okay, no problem. Cool, cool. Now, I know another and, thing that... Uh, comes up a lot, and Rosie and I talked about this at another day before the podcast, about some stereotypes people have with the term smooth jazz. Oh. Do you want to address that at all? Some people have had a hard time with it. Yeah. um, Can I I talk about that a little bit? Jasmine's got a thought or two. Go ahead, Jasmine. What is it? All right, you go, girl. um, all right, so I started out kind of as an acoustic guitar player um, that didn't really fit into any genre. And I first got approached, I think, by the Carolina Theater, and I ended up opening for Maceo Parker. And I ended up opening in, in Durham, and I opened for Peter White and Rick Braun and Jonathan Butler. And I think um, I got booked these gigs, not really sure what genre I fit in, because I'm a little amalgamous. Um, but I think the, for me personally, one of the, the biggest myths about smooth jazz is low energy. Because mm-hmm. um, I got to this concert, and Peter was all in the audience walking around. People was jumping up, dancing, getting it in, sweating. I was like, I thought this was huh. supposed to be smooth jazz. <laughs> and it wasn't that at all. I think... Um, the other thing about smooth jazz is it really lets the instrumentalist shine. I'm more of a vocalist, but it definitely, and that's the nature of jazz in and of itself, where with the taking of the turns and the solos, and the, and that's why every artist is listed every time you you play a jazz album, and you're like on drums, on on sax, on you 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 you, you definitely make sure every artist is known because you change one person in that group, then it, you change the group. It's the sound. I opened for um, I opened for Stanley Clark and Al Miola and John Luke Ponte in a group called Right of Strings. But as you know, mm-hmm. Return to Forever also featured Chick Corea. So it wasn't Return mm-hmm. to Forever, but it was not. So now it's Right of Strings. It's something different. So everything definitely has to be a name. But smooth jazz is not low energy. Cool. Yeah. You just you just mentioned some of my faves there, so thanks. But yeah, you're right. A lot of people hear the term smooth jazz and they think, oh, yawn, boring elevator music. Or, for example, poor John Tesh. You know, he started out in in uh, TV and then start putting his music out there, and he just was never taken very seriously. You know, and I have no idea why, but. It just seems to me that a lot of people think smooth jazz is background music and it's snoozy. So thank you very much, Pamela, for saying no, it doesn't have to be. So there. And may well, I anybody say, else uh, want to story. add anything? 
Well, I'll just say that anyone who's seen John Tesh at Red Rocks is looking at fantastic musicianship, fantastic mm-hmm. big arrangements, uh, just just great, great music. And, uh, you know, it's funny what, uh, what the media decides to do with you uh, after a while. I think uh, Kenny G has suffered worse than he needs to. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a fantastic musician. He, uh, right. His early outing was with uh, Jeff Lorber, and um, you know, he's mm-hmm. a serious musician. And I hate that he only comes up as a punchline. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's really it's a shame. Because what most people don't realize is that you know, there's so many technical aspects to jazz. It ain't easy, you know. And I can always tell. I I started out working with a lot of teen bands way back when, and I can always tell a kid who had some jazz training because I just, especially the drummer, <laughs> I would just say, okay, that kid's got jazz chops. Once you have jazz chops, you can do pretty much anything because that's a nice, solid foundation uh, to branch out into other genres. Yeah, yeah so, so good for you. Would you guys like, uh, agree with that? We agree with it totally. We agree with it totally. So the other thing, the one last thing I want to add is that when it comes to smooth jazz, the repertoire is so large and vast that it really comes down to the arrangements of the song. So it's not so much right. the literature of the music itself as, as it is the way it's arranged, because you can turn any song into a smooth jazz song if it's arranged properly. Like right now. Cool. Um, right now, we've got some background music going on here. This is totally impromptu. <laughs> Would you guys right, like to add because, a little? You're starting uh, out. You might as well just jump in. Yeah, because uh, this is yeah, this is something Russ and I do often. All right. So, would you guys like to I'm close this out? I'm no, I'm not a fool. Should have known better than to cheat a friend. The wasted chance that I've been given. So I'm never gonna dance again the way I did with you. There you go. <laughs> Good. I was ready to jump in there. Awesome. Thanks for the George Michael tribute. Perfect timing there. I don't have a drum I was ready. I didn't want to. I didn't want to step on her toes. You know. <laughs> cool, cool. We'll have to. We'll have to jam sometime. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate so many of you. Next time we'll have to do this uh, again, and we'll pick a different topic and and uh, share some more information. Would you like to close with some uh, final parting thoughts? Anyone? Anything you'd like to share? Well, we want to... What's one thing you'd like to uh, tell the audience? Frankly, uh, thank you. Uh, Every uh, player needs a listener. As a matter of fact, we need a bunch of them. And so every listener that there is um, is so appreciated by us. 
people need to know that. If you come out to the live clubs, it makes a big difference. And, uh, you know, support your local music scene. And listen to what Dory says, because I think she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, my, yeah, like my parting thought Go would ahead. be don't get caught up in the genre. Get caught up in the lifestyle. Because people who love a certain kind of music, they seek that music out. So it's more about playing the music of the lifestyle that you live. So that kind of dictates the genre a little bit more so. Cool. Stop Gino. Putting music, stop putting music in a box. Let the music play. Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Let me tell everybody where they can find you guys. Folks, you can go to russcorvey.com. That's R-U-S-S-C-O-R-V-E-Y.com. Or you can go to the Jazzadu website. We've got a spelled a little bit differently, so you might want to write this down. J-A-Z-A-D-E-U-X dot Wix site, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com backslash Jazzadu. Again, J-A-Z-A-D-E-U-X. You can find Russ if you have any questions at russcorvey at gmail.com. And as for me, I'm at rockthenextstage.com or you can shoot me an email at Dory. D-O-R-I at rockthenextstage.com. My book is called Find Your Divine Rhythm, A Creative Success Formula, and it is on Amazon. I will also have an online training program for our musicians coming out very soon. It will be a lot of business tips and a whole lot more marketing mindset and everything in between a little bit of things that I've learned in the 15 plus years of working with hundreds of local artists. So uh, you might want to check it out. I'll have more information up on my Facebook page, which is also Rock the Next Stage, and on my website. So guys, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. You want to uh, close us out with something? Or should I, I can play a clip here, or you can do it live. It's up to you. Here's what's going to happen. Our Jasma is going to arrange a three-part harmony right now. Very quickly, Jasma, around the words. Thank you, Dory. You take the bass. Thank you. 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 Thank you, Dory. Yeah, Thank you, Dory. There you go. <laughs> Final drum beats. Thanks again, guys. We'll, we'll see you really soon. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us. Come back here again next Wednesday at 1 o'clock for another exciting episode of Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley. Until then, keep on rocking. Bye for now. What a guess! What a guess! You're you're definitely getting the next show. You'll probably get the next next week. <laughs>